As the Father has sent me, so I send you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's be seated. Let's be seated. All right. Well, good morning to everyone. It's good to see you all here. This is a, a, a blessed day that we have uh, before us. Uh, we have uh, young uh, Mr. Francis here. Uh, seven months, seven months, and waiting for a tooth to show up. Um, he's going to be baptized today. It's going to be brought into our great family of faith uh, that is worldwide and beats throughout time. And so we are blessed for that and rejoice in that gift you know, to all of us that uh, his family brings him and their faith to us to be part of us. And so, as I say, for that, we, we rejoice. Our sermon uh, today is uh, under the, the title, Sought Out and Sent Out. Sought Out and Sent Out. In our gospel story, Jesus seeks out the disciples in order that they may be sent out to proclaim the good news of God's saving work of love. And I posit that in this we are no different. <laughs> Jesus has sought us out so that we may be sent out to live our faith in the world. The gospel tells us a story of transformation as the once fearful disciples are empowered for mission by the Holy Spirit and the doubting skeptical Thomas gives the ultimate confession of faith when he says, my Lord and my God. All this is brought about through two tremendous acts of love by Jesus Christ. Fear was cast out, doubt was laid aside, and a new people were born. So our story begins, of course, there in the upper room on an evening that is haunted by crucifixion that is haunted by pain. I would suggest uh, that to, to put yourselves in that space, just imagine or recall your own darkest days, your own days of, of pain and, and loss when you felt everything had fallen away from you. As the psalmist says, there is no firm ground under my feet, he says at one point. For me, I recall the day that I heard that my mother had died. The news from that, you know, sent me into a spiritual, emotional tailspin. Um, I, I felt like I was knocked out of time. You, you, you know, the phrase, you know, right? I, I went to pieces, okay? That's what it was like. I went to pieces. I could just falling apart. If you've had a similar type of experience of loss, then you know a little bit of what was going on in that upper room, what they were feeling. And now just add to that a sense of unnerving fear and of terror, the knowledge that if Jesus could be crucified by the Romans and by this howling mob, then what would be the limit of what could be done to this handful, this holy handful of followers huddled there and so locked the doors 
speak low and dim the candles. This is where we begin. But thanks be to God, this is not where we end because Jesus sought them out. And he knew where to find them, right? He knew where to find them. It wasn't as if he was going through every you know, house in Jerusalem, sort of walking through a door and walking through a wall and just going, oh, no, I, I meant the other upper room, sorry. He knew where to find them. He knew where they were, just as he knows where and how to find us, each of us. In John chapter 15, verse 16, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. We are sought out to be sent out. Jesus goes on to say, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit. In John's Gospel, this is his version of the Great Commission, Go, and his version of Pentecost, with the Holy Spirit being put on the disciples. And their response is to rejoice. The fear is laid aside. They now rejoice in having seen him and having realized it is true what he said. Yes, I will be crucified. I will be handed over. But on the third day, I will rise and I will be amongst you. But Thomas was not there. He was the, the odd man out. Everyone else, everyone else in the group had seen Jesus. Even Mary Magdalene had seen Jesus. But Thomas, for him, seeing was believing. Not stories handed on secondhand. Seeing was believing. Perhaps despair joined his skepticism. Perhaps there was a, a sinking fear that, that maybe, maybe he was not worthy. Hmm? Maybe he wasn't worthy. Maybe Jesus was done making appearances. You're not there at the house when I came and that's it. Maybe in those lonely hours following this, that week, Thomas prayed for a sign as we often do. Has anyone here ever prayed for a sign? Prayed, Lord, show me that you are with me. Show me that you hear me. Sometimes we need a sign just to help us get through the day, to help us keep moving. And sometimes, thanks be to God, we get a sign. And that's where we find Thomas. Waiting, listening, yearning, looking around every corner, hoping for a sighting. He did not know of Jesus' prayer earlier, which we can find there in the 17th chapter of the Gospel. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe. And none has been lost except the one doomed to destruction. That one doomed to destruction was not Thomas. And so Jesus sought him out. 
Can we say, brothers and sisters, that love sought him out? That God's love, sent into the world, sought him out to bring him in. And love knew just where to find him and what to say to him. Do not doubt, but believe. Let your transformation be complete. And so Thomas speaks that confession, my Lord and my God, which is a powerful rebuke to all the authorities. The commentators will say that at the time that uh, this gospel was written, the emperor was Domitian there in the Roman Empire, who fashioned himself as Lord and God, was one of his titles. And so it is powerfully made real to us that when Thomas says, my Lord and my God, to Jesus Christ, he is not only proclaiming Jesus' full identity, as was revealed there at the beginning of the gospel, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. Not only that is he saying, but also that Domitian is not the Lord and God. But Jesus Christ is the Lord and God, a rebuke to the emperors then, and for us, a rebuke of all of the false authorities and pretenders in our own day and time who seek to steal our um, allegiances, to distort our faith. But we know who is Lord and who is God. And so for Thomas, seeing was believing. But throughout the gospel, Jesus is keeping us in his heart all along. Again, that prayer in chapter 17, which is for Thomas and for the disciples, but also has said, my prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message. And today he gives us a final beatitude. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. And that's us. Blessed are you. For we have not seen the risen Christ, and yet we believe. We are like those to whom St. Peter wrote that passage there that we have from the epistle. He's writing to the diaspora of churches there in what we know now as Turkey. Spread out, he says, although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice. We rejoice for love has sought us out. And having sought us out, love transforms us, shapes us, instructs us through worship, the sacraments, and our common life in this sacred community that is known as the body of Christ. As I said, we are sought out to be sent out in the same way that Jesus sent the disciples. We are sent to give God's gift of love to any who will receive it. This is like the, uh, the parable of, of, of the sower, right? We just toss, we're just tossing out the seed. We're just tossing out our proclamation. Maybe it lands on good soil and gives fruit. Maybe it lands for a little while and does not produce. But that does not deter us. Even if folks do not believe or have found another way, we are not deterred. We continue to proclaim, to send out our faith. For how can the world see and hear 
and know of God's love expressed through Jesus Christ without it being proclaimed. And how can it be proclaimed unless we who proclaim it are sent? Scripture praises us with these words. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the souls of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the hearts of those who bring good news. Each and every one of you, beautiful in God's sight. And so, brothers and sisters, at the time of our dismissal today, let us not only go forth rejoicing in the power of the Spirit, let us also go forth rejoicing in the power of God's loving and saving act. That God who sought us out to be sent out to proclaim his word just as he did with the disciples, just as he did with Thomas, just as he did then, as he does now, and as he does in the days to come. Amen.